What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, it's time to go over the week 16 starts and sits. Bit of a different week because Christmas is on Sunday, so the NFL schedule is a little bit different. Same one game on Thursday, but then we have 11 Saturday games, three games on Christmas, one game Monday night. So please be aware of that when you're setting your lineups. You're going to have to have it set on Saturday. There's no like you know, 9, 9.30 games. It's still 1 o'clock kickoffs on Saturday, but please know that. Don't check Saturday night and be surprised that everyone has already played. So let's get things started off with the Thursday game. Jaguars at Jets. This one has a very low 37.5 point total. Jaguars, one point road favorites, even though the Jets opened as favorites. The Jaguars, uh, not a good spot. You're on the road. It's elite defense. And also the total is not only low because it's Jaguars and Jets, but weather. Uh, there are a lot of games we're going to go over that have bad weather this week. Current forecast for this one, temps in the 40s, so there's a lot of really low um, like temperature games. This is not one of those, but we've got rain and not horrible wind, but wind nonetheless. It's still going to be, you know, relatively cold, a little bit of wind, rain. It's just not like a, a good game environment for passing. Um, so we're going to kind of be like downgrading the spot from a passing perspective. Again, not as much as some of the other spots this week, but look at totals. When you got a 37.5 point total, you know, unless the teams are dreadful, there's probably weather concerns. Because of that, uh, no one is like a, a must play. I would say ETN and Evan Ingram are still strong plays, still a good enough workload for their respective positions to where you're probably playing them. And then I'd say Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, they're fine in the flex. You know, I wouldn't say, oh, have to bench them for like all your scrubs on your bench because of the weather and the match against the Jets. Uh, I'll say they're the wide receivers 24 and 28 right now, though. And so it's definitely possible that you just have, you know, three better options than those two. Uh, one positive is that the Jets do filter a lot of targets to slot wide receivers. So they're still good against wide receivers, even in the slot. But they're so good on the outside that it filters more to the slot. And so better spot for Kirk than for Zay Jones and for Marvin Jones as well. Very bad spot for Marvin Jones. Um, and Trevor Lawrence has been on a tear recently. But again, tough matchup, bad weather. Uh, he's my quarterback 15 right now. If that's your best option, sure, go for it. Um, I wouldn't feel like fantastic about starting him though. Then for the Jets, uh, no one's a must start. And I'm not sure anyone is even a strong start. Uh, Zonovan Knight is close to a strong start, just given the position, given that he's going to get, you know, the vast majority of the touches in the backfield. He had the dud against the Lions last week, but so has every single running back that's faced him the past two months. Like, that wasn't exactly shocking. Obviously, like, he averaged what? It was 13 carries for 23 yards. So whatever that is, you know, a little bit less than two yards per carry. Weren't expecting that. We were hoping he could get up to, like, four yards per carry, maybe find the end zone. Maybe get like a target, even if he had a target. So obviously he had way worse game than we were hoping for, but it's a much softer matchup against the Jaguars. So he's in a decent spot. And then also if you think, okay, maybe the weather impacts this game, if it's going to do anything, it's going to make them more run heavy, which benefits Knight. So he's still a solid play. I think you can still play him. I'll be definitely not like a must start or anything. Uh, and then Garrett Wilson, you know, he's similar to like Kirk and, and Zay Jones. Like he's a little bit better actually. He's wide receiver 20. Um, possible you have three better options, but if he's your top-ranked player, uh, I'm not scared off of this spot. He's still a phenomenal player. Um, again, you'd prefer Mike White being quarterback. He won't be. We'll have Zach Wilson again, uh, but still fine to play. Next up, we've got the first Saturday game, 1 o'clock, 
Texans at Titans, uh, even lower, 37-point total, uh, which, again, a theme this week. And then the Titans are five-point home favorites. Um, Another spot, again, slight weather concern. Really just with the cold, though. We're not expecting rain, not expecting wind. It's just going to be really cold. And so you kind of, like, slightly downgrade passing environments. just a little bit more difficult to, like, catch, obviously, when it's freezing outside. Um, But overall... I would say this has more to do with like the Texans having a stronger defense. People realize combined with not having a great offense, uh, it's going to be a run heavy game overall, probably a quick game. So the clock's going to be moving a lot uh, and then just slight concerns, the passing environment. So uh, no must starts for the Texans, no strong starts for the Texans. Uh, Chris Moore, Jordan Aikens are probably their best two plays, but more ranks in that similar range of, uh, Wilson, Kirk, Zay Jones, maybe a little bit behind them. Uh, and then Aikens, fine as a streaming tight end. Uh, understand if he doesn't score, you're, you're going to get like five points. So I'd only go there if you like have to be streaming the position. Uh, Titans are the single best matchup for opposing wide receivers. They're a top five matchup for tight ends. And so, again, Chris Moore, Aikens, you can start them because the matchup is good. Um, but... I would definitely leave everyone else alone. I'd leave the running backs alone. And even with those two, if this is like the first time all season that you'd be starting them, maybe reconsider. I still don't think I want to be investing in the Texans offense right now. Uh, but if like you've been streaming Chris Moore and he's been getting you by, you can do so again this week. Then for the Titans, uh, it's just an explosion spot for Derrick Henry. And that's basically it. I mean, the last four games against the Texans, he's had 211, 212. 250, 219 rushing yards, at least two touchdowns in all four, just four nukes in a row, probably going to make it five nukes in a row this week. I'm projected for, I think it was exactly 144 rushing yards and like over 1.1 touchdowns. And that's as a projection. So like his average outcome, 144 yards and more than a touchdown. Usually the top rusher for the projections is like, you know, 100, maybe 110 if it's like a really good matchup. Not 144. That's just completely absurd. He's the number one running back this week. He's going off. Behind him, it's really only Chigakonkwo. I mean, other than that, you're not starting anyone. Um, I'm not even sure Tannehill's going to play this week. They activated uh, another quarterback. He's a little banged up. We'll see if Tannehill plays. Obviously, he'll play if he, he can, but we'll see if he can. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just Chig, and it's a, it's a downgrade, right? If, if Tannehill's not starting, we're downgrading the spot. For Conquo. Um, but you know, they've been scheming him a lot of looks. Um, Texans are, as we talked about many times the past like few months, very good at taking away wide receiver production. They get crushed by running backs, and because they take away wide receiver production, they funnel a lot to tight ends. Because of that, again, Conquo, solid play. Uh, but I probably wouldn't stream him if Tannehill is not playing. Next up, uh, we've got Seahawks at Chiefs. This one is one of the higher total games. I think we've got um, the Green Bay and Miami game we'll talk about is like 49, 49 and a half, something like that. And maybe one other game over like 45. So this one's at 48 and a half. Again, one of like three good games this week. Chiefs, nine and a half point home favorites. For the Seahawks, uh, KC, obviously a better matchup than San Fran was for them last week. Uh, They will be without Lockett, which which definitely hurts, uh, but it does free up like a lot of production, right? I mean, he has what, like a 20, 22% target share on the season. That's a lot of volume that is now going to only a few players. Um, 
Metcalf, obviously start him. He's in a smash spot. Uh, Casey gives it up to wide receivers. He's a very clear option passing game. He's probably going to have a phenomenal game. Um, I would also consider Walker probably a must start. Like, I didn't think he'd play as much as he did last week. Now, he still had a bad game because it was San Fran, but Casey, a much better matchup for running backs. He's got another week to recover. Unless he gets re-injured like this week or in the game, he's probably going to have a good game, and I would definitely play him. And then Geno, uh, even though he doesn't have Lockett, Casey's still a great matchup for quarterbacks. We know Kansas City is going to pull ahead, and so they can't just run the ball every play. And so, decent play. Uh, I would play Geno if like that's your top streaming option. And then Noah Fant, honestly, like we talk about um, Marquis Goodwin, I guess I was going to mention um, after this. And it's like, yeah, Goodwin's going to take some of that production from Lockett. But what we really expect is just that, like, you know, Metcalf gets more. And maybe Ken Walker gets one or two more targets. Maybe the tight ends get one or two more targets. It's like basically everyone was like a pretty okay play. But now because everyone's getting one or two more targets, they become much better plays, much more stable plays, and then plays that have more upside. So especially with Noah Fant kind of separating amongst the tight ends, I think he's a perfectly fine streaming option this week. And like I alluded to, Marquise Goodwin, not a smash play, not a must play, not a strong start or anything like that. Um, a watch here 48 right now, but he does have a deep downfield role. Uh, again, we know Kansas City probably going to play from ahead. Seattle has been perfectly fine going uh, really like heavy and like pass rate over expectation. So if you have to, don't feel terrible. And in a deeper format, like if you're an eight-team league in the semifinals, don't play Marquise Goodwin. But don't feel terrible if he is the top option. You have to play him. I do think he can have a good game this week. Then for the Chiefs, um, obviously start Mahomes, start Kelsey. Uh, then honestly, like at this point, I would say like you probably just got to find a way to get McKinnon into your lineup. Like I don't know that I want to call him a must start because there's definitely some of you who went running back heavy early on and maybe have like Austin Eckler and like. Saquon, something like that. And you're like, okay, well, I don't want to play him over those two. And it's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But, like, he's been running back, I think, 15 right now. I don't know if it's going to go much higher than that. But, like, he's been phenomenal. There's a misconception that he doesn't get work in the red zone. That's not true. He'll get goal line carries. He'll get goal line targets. Like, he'll be used just as much as Pacheco. Um, And it's a really good spot. Seattle gives it up to running backs. And so, um, I think he's a, a great play. I think Pacheco, if you have him... A perfectly fine play as well. He's going to get plenty of volume. Um, and also, we know Seattle is like pretty good at defending wide receivers. They're a great matchup for, you know, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends. Uh, second worst matchup behind Houston for wide receivers. And so if we think Kansas City is still going to be awesome, and it's a you know very similar spot to last week. Like what we talked about last week was we, we weren't confident in any like single wide receiver. Like obviously Mahomes is great. They're going to have a lot of production. But any single wide receiver didn't stand out because Houston's so good at defending wide receivers. And so you know Kelsey's going off, but if that other production is just being funneled to other players, it's like you've got Kelsey and you've got the running backs. The running backs are going to have really good games. Pretty much the same thing as last week. I think they can go off again, and so I would play them. Uh, and wide receivers, again, none of them stand out. So Juju, fine, but it's not a good matchup. I don't think you have to play him. Next up, Lions at Panthers. Uh, pretty average High for this week, I guess, but normally average. 44-point total, Lions 2.5-point road favorites, and they have won six of their last seven. Pretty impressive there. For the Lions, uh, they're up to a 40% chance of making playoffs, but that is boosted to 61% with a win. Uh, they've been playing awesome, uh, and while you know, it's going to be like a little cold in the game, we don't have any like true weather concerns, so good spot here. Amoner St. Brown, 
always a must start. Uh, Goff, fine to stream if you need him. Um, this isn't one of like the explosion spots for Goff, but like if you need to play Jared Goff, that's perfectly fine. Um, he's a little bit more variance because sometimes they can run for all their touchdowns, but he's still a good play. And then Swift, not a bad play as like a low end running back too. Has at least three receptions in eight of his last nine games. Touch counts of 18, 9, and 13 in the last three weeks. Obviously, we prefer the like 13 and 18 as opposed to the nine. If he gets nine touches, that's not great. But even last week, he had the um, 13 touches, but he had a boatload of opportunities. He had, I believe, 17 opportunities, something like that, maybe 16, 17 opportunities because he had all those targets. He had nine targets. And so if he's going to have around that, like seven to nine targets plus involvement on the ground, plus a decent chance of scoring, it's not going to feel great. But the Panthers are a perfectly fine matchup for running backs. He's very talented. If he gets that volume, he's going to be a good play. I would personally just say if you got him, play him. Jamal, on the other hand, you know, a much more low-end play just because he's so touchdown dependent. And, you know, seven straight games without a reception. And so in any format, I mean, he still has a low floor. But in like half PPR, full PPR, that's tough. Knowing he's not going to catch a pass. Um, if he doesn't score, he gets like three full PPR points, and that can sink you, which we don't want. And then even if he does score, it's like, oh, no, I didn't play him. Well, he might still only score nine, even with a touchdown. And so um, ceiling, he's only going to hit that if he scores three touchdowns. And, you know, how often is that really going to happen? So uh, fine play if you absolutely have to as a low end two or like your third running back or something like that. But, you know, especially for those in full PPR, you just don't got to play Jamal this week. Then for the Panthers, um, no one's must start. I'll say that DJ Moore, I, I think he's a very strong play. He's not going to project as like an amazing play, um, especially looking back. I mean, he had two good games in the last three, but then you know a zero-point game, zero catches, kind of sandwiched in between those. So while his chances of hitting his ceiling much higher this week, chance of hitting his floor much lower, hopefully I said that right, his chances of dudding are lower, I think I did, um, he still can't. He had zero points, or I think he may have had a carry. Maybe he had like half a point, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, my confidence, though, is higher in him this week just because no one has found success on the ground against the Lions recently. So not only can you just look at the matchup and be like, okay, well, why would we not throw on them? They cannot defend the pass, and they're great against the run. But even if teams are like, nope, which the Panthers will probably do, be like, nope, we're still going to run it, then they're not going to be successful, and there will come a point in the game where they have to throw it so that's what i'm expecting to happen so maybe if we like look in like the first second quarter we're not going to see that much production from dj Moore. but i think at some point the lions get up the panthers look at the game and they're like okay we're averaging two yards per carry we're not doing anything let's just keep throwing it to dj Moore. i think he'll be successful and so i think he's going to end up being a good play then no one else like it's dj Moore or bust if you needed to play marshall in a super deep format sure uh, it better be at least a 14-team league or like, you know, three flex spots or something like that. Next up, Giants at Vikings. Um, another one of those higher total games of the week. This is actually like, it's like a sneaky good spot. 48-point uh, total, uh, Vikings three-and-a-half-point home favorites. We know the Vikings obviously have blow-up potential. We just saw them score, what, 39 points in like the second half in overtime last week. They're an awesome offense. Uh, and then we know their defense kind of gives it up a lot. And so maybe the Giants can take advantage of that and we can get a shootout here. Um, for the Giants, again, great spot. Um, also, 
they're going to be playing really hard, right? A win virtually guarantees, I think they go like over 99% chance of making the playoffs. So you win this week, you're just locked into the playoffs. That's got to be in their mindset. They're going to be aggressive. I think Daniel Jones is the number one streaming option at quarterback. He's obviously not the number one quarterback in the week, but amongst, you know, people who aren't rostered in like every single league, he's a really, really good play, especially because of that rushing upside. And because, let's be honest, the Vikings are a good offense. They're going to be productive against the Giants. It's very unlikely that the Vikings just completely dud for the entire game and the Giants just sit in the league. So I think you're playing Daniel Jones. Uh, Saquon was back up to 26 opportunities last week. He gets a plus matchup. You're definitely playing him. Outside of those two, it gets a little thin. Uh, I'll say Slayton has had two down games in a row. But he had six straight games of at least 58 receiving yards leading up to that. He's still playing like every single snap. He's still a deep play threat, which is something that the Vikings can struggle with. So if you're kind of in that range and you're making a start-sit decision, I would lean towards him instead of someone who pretty consistently scores like 9 or 10 half PPR points and maybe has a higher floor. Theoretically, everyone has a floor of 0, though. Um, but like maybe you think has a higher floor because he can hit. Like I would not be surprised if Slayton had five for a hundred and a touchdown this week. Is that something that the other person you're considering can do? If not, maybe lean towards Slayton. Uh, out outside of that, I don't want to play like Hodgins. I, I don't want to play um, Richie James. It, it's just Slayton for me. Those two just don't have any upside. And then not the tight ends either. For the Vikings. Um, You know, Giants are a plus matchup to everything except tight ends. But let's be honest, you know, Hawkinson's just so involved that you're probably just playing him anyway. So I would say Dalvin Cook, uh, Jefferson must starts. Um, Like I said, Hawkinson, enough volume that even though it's a bad matchup, I'd still play him. Um, Outside of them, Kirk Cousins, you know, tough matchup last week, still drops an absolute nuke. He's been playing phenomenally recently. Um, They're playing at home. I just think you got him. You're just probably playing him this week. Um, then outside of that, I know Osborne went off. I know Thielen got the lucky touchdown and like barely produced last week, and he, he did okay. But there's no ceiling for Thielen, and I'm not chasing the Osborne game. So I would say those two probably sits for me. Next up, we've got Bills at Bears. Very low, 40-point total. Bills, nine-point road favorites. Um, many people will look at that total and be like, why is there such a low total game when you have Josh Allen and Fields a quarterback? I'm not saying that the Bears are some juggernaut, but like, you know, Fields can still make it somewhat competitive. They can at least do something on offense. The Bills obviously have a great offense going up against terrible defense. Like, why is total so low? Another weather game. Uh, not expecting any snow, but we could hit the single digits, uh, and we're going to have sustained wins over 20. So it's going to be absolutely freezing. Plus, we're going to have it be really, really windy. So, very big downgrade to the passing game. Expect a lot more rushing in this one. And in spots like this, you want to stick to your studs. For the Bills, that means you're starting Josh Allen. You're starting Stephon Diggs. I do not care what the weather is. Always play them. Aside from those two, no one's even a strong play. Like, Gabe has a much lower chance of hitting his ceiling than he normally does. Singletary and Cook should be used more. But, you know, it's another full 16-game slate. We've got 32 teams to choose from. If they're alternating drives and the total's still not super high, you know, I don't have a ton of confidence in them. Like, they're going to grade out in the low 30s or, like, around the running back 30, but they're not going to grade out that fantastically. 
And then you look at the secondary options, the receiving game, and you're like, you're just praying for a touchdown. So impossible to predict that. So I would say Allen, Diggs, you're probably fading most other players for the Bills. And then for the Bears, depends a little bit on the status of Khalil Herbert. I think he's going to play, but I don't know this early in the week. Uh, and then I don't know his status for the game. Like, is he going to play but get 10 snaps, 20 snaps? Is he going to get a full snapshot that he normally has, which means he's basically splitting 50-50 or like 55-45 with Dave Montgomery? I don't know yet. Um, hopefully find that out on like, you know, later in the day for me on uh, Wednesday, sometime on Thursday, on Friday. Um, but yeah, it really just depends on that. Um, I probably wouldn't play him regardless but it's a downgrade to Montgomery if he's going to get a full snap share and we're in, you know, a bad spot, uh, especially against a really good defense. So right now I'd say Fields is the only like must start. Um, he's very close. I know some people have the decision between him and like Kirk Cousins. It's really difficult. My kind of take on that is always look to ceiling when people are really close. And Justin Fields, even a terrible spot, could run for 150 yards and a touchdown which just already gives you 21 with zero passing yards. So my lean is probably always just play fields if it's close, uh, and that kind of makes him a like must start in my eyes. Uh, and then beyond that, you could look at Cole Clement, probably the number one in the passing game. If if Fields is going off, Cole probably has to have a good game, um, at least in like the passing attack. But the Bills are the second toughest matchup for tight ends, and so you're probably just looking at Fields and Montgomery. Uh, and I get it if you wanted to bench Montgomery if Khalil Herbert is active. Next up, we've got Bengals at Patriots, 41.5 point total. Bengals, 3.5 point road favorites for the Bengals. Uh, the Patriots are a negative matchup for basically every single position except for tight end. Um, slightly positive for tight end, but you know, it's a bad spot. Um, you're on the road against a great defense. Uh, it's cold, it's a little windy, like it's it's not a good spot. So Stick to the studs, uh, play Burrow, play Chase. I would say Mixon and Higgins, just play them too. Like, is there a chance that um, Belichick, let's say for Higgins, Belichick tries to take away Chase. Uh, New England is always pretty good against running backs, so Mixon doesn't have a great game. And then Higgins goes off, yeah. Or maybe the Patriots sell out to stop Higgins and Chase, and that leaves Mixon more open. Like, we don't really know what Bill's going to try and do. All we know is they're not all going off. One of them is probably going to have a good game. They're probably going to score a few touchdowns. It's possible all of them score a touchdown. And so it's like, since we don't know who's going to have the good game and they're all good enough players, just play them. I can't see benching them. Uh, and then the only other player who could possibly play is Hayden Hurst if he's active. Um, but I don't know. I'd probably just stick to the other four uh, unless you like really need them. He doesn't grade out uh, better. Like, I don't actually have him activated yet, but I like pretend to activate him and he's like, fine. He's not that fantastic this week. And the Patriots, um, the offense is is tough to watch, and that's not even considering when they do things like the final play last week. Like just on in general, they're tough to watch. Um, they refuse to look downfield; that hurts everyone's upside, and it just makes it tough to trust anyone because if they're not looking downfield, they're just dink and dumping, and their team total is never that high. So they don't score many touchdowns. It's like, how are you getting there as a fantasy player unless you're Stevenson? Stevenson's been awesome; he's the exception to the rule there. Um, what 172 yards, something crazy like that. Maybe been more than that on like one foot. Um, he's definitely not hundred percent, but like you're playing Stevenson if he's active. Um, other than that though, I mean, how do you trust another Patriots players? Like you're not playing Mac Jones. You're not playing the tight ends. Maybe Myers 
if you need another flex option, maybe like your second flex. But it's not it's not like his fault really. Like the, the passing attack is just broken until they get a new offensive coordinator. It's difficult to trust them. They had a dream spot last week. If there was ever a spot for Myers to hit, it was last week. And while he had a touchdown that then gets called back, like it just it didn't really it was very unfortunate kind of how he performed last week. Uh just missed on a few plays. Um at the end of the day, that's the Patriots offense, right? It's you're just missing on a few plays, and it's just very unfortunate. Next up, we've got Falcons at Ravens, another very low, 37 and a half point total. Ravens seven and a half point home favorites. Uh, and it seems like this one's more about the teams than the weather. So, like all the other spots, it's like, oh, 37 and a half, what's wrong with the weather? It's gonna be cold in Baltimore, but not nearly as bad as other spots. It's really just that like Huntley's look bad. Ritter threw for like 97 passing yards last week. And that's what the offense running 74 plays. Like these are just bad offenses and there's not going to be that much production no matter what. For the Falcons, uh, you're only really considering Patterson, Algier, and Drake London. Drake had just an absurd target share last week. He's been a target hog since Pitts went down. Um, I don't think you can trust him as anything more than like a good play. But if you had to use Drake London in the flex spot, I do not think that's a bad play. Um, He's a phenomenal wide receiver. He, like, honestly, on most other teams would be having a true breakout season. And I know Ritter's been bad, but, like, or is bad. Let's be honest, though, like, he's been good enough, talking about Drake there, that, like, if you had to play in the flex to get you, like, 6 for 60, 6 for 70, something like that, I think you can do that again. I think he's a fine play. Uh, As for the running backs, Baltimore is, you know, a negative matchup. It's not a good spot. But the Falcons are going to stick with the ground game no matter what. I don't care if they get down 30 points. And let's be honest, Baltimore is not going to pull ahead by that much. Like, there's no way Baltimore goes out there, has like four touchdown drives to start the game. It's 28 nothing, and the Falcons have to throw it. That's not going to happen. And so um, we should see both Patterson and Algier get around, you know, 13 to 15 carries. Um, Patterson a little bit more involved in the receiving game than Algier. Um, doesn't make either of them like fantastic plays. But they're going to lean run heavy near the goal line. We know those carries are locked in. There's just no world where they each get like seven and they go pass heavy. That's just not going to happen. And there is value in certainty. There's value in knowing they're going to run the ball. They're probably going to be relatively efficient. They each have an okay chance of scoring. So if you've got to play one of these two, you picked up Algier this week. You've got to play running back two. I think it's still fine to do that. And for the Ravens, uh, Mark Andrews has been pretty trash with Huntley at quarterback. Uh, but Atlanta's a top six option for tight ends, and he's still Mark Andrews, right? He could still have eight for 100 and a score. Not many tight ends can say that. Uh, I would still play him no matter what. Your next expect option is probably Dobbins. Um, he's been awesome recently, but please remember that he's averaged eight and 9.6 yards per carry. Like, he's not going to continue doing that. Like, the, the greatest running backs of all time are like, what, five and a half yards per carry? So Dobbins is not by far the greatest running back in the history of the NFL. Like, that's just not the case. And so when he's not averaging eight plus yards per carry, he's going to be like Algier. Algier is going to get 13 to 15 carries, maybe a target. And so that's eight to nine pre-touchdown full PPR fantasy points if you are efficient. Similar spot. Now Dobbins is probably a little bit better and probably has a little bit better chance of scoring. And so he's going to grade out higher. But again, he's not going to run for a billion yards every week on a maximum of 13 to 15 
cares because he's just not going to get, you know, into the 20s. It's just not what they want to do with him. They've got other running backs. Like if they really needed to get that much play volume to where he would need, you know, 22 carries, they will cycle in other running backs. They're not just going to completely feature him. Um, so understand that. I think he's still a good play. I think you're still starting him. Um, but understand that, like, what he has shown us recently is on eight or nine yards per carry. Even if he had five, that's still a really good game. He's not going to average eight and nine every game. Uh, aside from uh, those two players, though, you can look at Demarcus Robinson in deeper formats. Bateman done for the year. Duvernay done for the year. No one else is really good. So if you got to play Demarcus Robinson, I get it. I'd probably stick to deeper formats, though. Final one o'clock game. Uh, it's a gross one. So in a week of all gross games, this one is the grossest. Uh, Saints at Browns. Uh, currently projected to be the lowest over-under of the past decade. 31.5 points. Browns, 2.5-point home favorites. Uh, why the low total? Well, we're expecting snow. We're expecting temperatures below 20. Sustained winds over 20. And then wind gusts over 40. So, best-case scenario is the snow falls all before the game and we're just getting like whipping snow, not like active snow, but that it's still really cold and really windy. Worst case, we get active snow, like blizzard-like conditions. It's freezing. It's windy. You can't throw the ball. So watch the total. If the total does creep up to like 34, 35, 36, we're gaining confidence in the weather. If it stays the lowest, like in the past decade, again, Obviously, you need to avoid players in this game. Like, if, if we're going to expect scoring that low, it's not going to be a good spot. Please stick to your studs here. For the Saints, that means only Alvin Kamara. For the Browns, that means only Nick Chubb. Olave, uh, Amari Cooper, they're fine plays if you absolutely have to. And if the total starts to creep up higher, I will upgrade them in the rankings. Well, it'll, like, do that automatically. But the projections are so low because... I'm projecting, you know, less than three and a half total touchdowns in this game amongst both sides. And since those are probably going to come on the ground, if it's super windy and freezing, why would you not just run it in with Chubb and Kamara or Taysom Hill or something like that? So it's like, why would you play pass catchers in this spot? So maybe we can gain confidence later in the week, but right now you're probably just sticking to those two running backs. Four o'clock games kick off with Commanders at the 49ers, another low total game, 39 points. 49ers are seven-point home favorites. For the Commanders, um, brutal spot, obviously. Um, 49ers have been one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, they are just not a spot you wish to attack. Running backs do not find success against them. That's like the whole offense for the Commanders, and so it's just not a good spot for them. Um, McLaurin... He's fine to play uh, in the flex if you need him. Uh, his over-under is not super high this week. Uh, again, 49ers are an awesome defense. If you have to, sure, flex. Um, if you can, I'd be fine benching him. And then Brian Robinson is fine as a low-end play. He's looked a lot better recently. And that you know makes sense given what happened earlier this year. But like he's actually he looked awful to start the year. And like every week he's getting a little bit better. I don't know, watching that game uh, on what was a Monday night, that he, he looked pretty, or actually that would be the Sunday night game. He didn't look bad. He looked pretty good. Uh, but again, it's 49ers. It's at 49ers. It's a bad spot. If you could just bench all Commanders players, I would do it. Then for the 49ers, um, offense is concentrated, mostly around McCaffrey and Kittle. 
Uh, we've got Ayuk and Jennings soaking up the rest. Uh, Ayuk had the bad game last week, but remember we talked about with the Chiefs? The Seahawks are a very bad matchup for wide receivers. They're the second worst matchup. And so it's not shocking that Ayuk had a down game against them last week. This matchup uh, is obviously a little bit better. And so could we see Ayuk have a bounce, bounce back? Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to call him a must start like McCaffrey is, Kittle is, but Brandon Ayuk is a good play. He's a very strong play this week. I don't want people to be too scared off by the did last week. Also considering the fact that there are so many games that are going to be like 15 degrees outside, windy, rainy, snowy this week. This is one of the games where we're not concerned about the weather. And so I think Ayuk is a good option. And you know what? If you've got to play Purdy, you've got to stream him this week. Is his floor low because like McCaffrey could run two touchdowns in? And if Purdy doesn't have multiple touchdowns, he's just not going to have a good game. Yeah, that that's true. Um, but, you know, it's a good offense. All these offensive weapons are really good after the catch. And so I think if you have to stream them, not a terrible option. The other 4 o'clock game is going to be Eagles at Cowboys. Could be a fantastic game, but we don't yet know the status of Jalen Hurts. He suffered the shoulder sprain late last week. And if he misses the game, obviously it's a downgrade to everyone, not only on the Eagles, but on the Cowboys as well, because the game's going to be um, just like has a lower chance of just going off, right? There's a better chance that Dallas gets up, kind of sits on the lead. So right now, 46 point total. If you see that start creeping up, maybe that's, you know, the market gaining confidence in Hertz. Um, but yeah, Cowboys four and a half point home favorites right now for the Eagles. Uh, Depends on his status. If he plays, Hurts, uh, A.J. Brown, Smith, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, all must start. I think I just play all of them. If Minshew gets the start, I would say still play Dallas Goddard, still play Sanders, still play Brown. Uh, and then Devonta Smith would be just depending on what else you have. If you have another option that you'd prefer to use in the flex, fine. Uh, if you have to play him, that's also fine as well. And then Minshew, you know what? He's surrounded by really good players. He's been viable in the past. If you have to stream him, especially if you have Jalen Hurts, like just pick up Minshew, keep him there. You can wait all the way up till game time. If he's declared out, play Minshew. If he's playing, play him. Then for Dallas, uh, you know, the Eagles obviously have a very strong defense, so not a fantastic spot, but you're definitely playing Pollard. You're playing CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Zeke, fine as like a low-end running back too, uh, just you know, given his touchdown potential, he could easily score two touchdowns. Uh, and then Schultz, fine to stream. Uh, he's only my tight end 13 right now. Eagles don't allow very much tight end production. Um, I don't think you need to play him, but if he's your top option, you know, your next best guy is like Hunter Henry. Play Dalton Schultz. Uh, Dak's a little tough this week. Sounds weird, but it depends on Hurts. Like, I really think if Jalen Hurts is playing that, you know, Dallas is obviously still going to want to win this week, even though they've already secured um, their spot in the playoffs. And the game just has a better chance of shooting out, of the Eagles consistently scoring, Dallas needing to play faster, play more aggressive, and you want that for Dak. If Minshew starts, there's a better chance that Dallas, again, pulls ahead, is less aggressive, and that's bad for Dak. So I would say if Jalen Hurts plays, play Dak. If he doesn't play, I don't know. I'd maybe look for a different option. Uh, Saturday night game is going to be Raiders at Steelers. Low 39-point total. Steelers three-point home favorites. Um, for this one, we might see temperatures in like the single digits. It's going to be really cold, uh, but no snow. 
no wind. So at least that's good. Just going to be cold. So not too bad of a spot uh, for the Raiders. Always start Jacobs. Always start Adams. Big question is with Waller. He only played 39 or 49% of the snaps last week. Uh, he commanded three targets, which is fine. So his stat line looks better than it was. He had three for 49 to score, but it was on again, less than half the snaps, only three targets. Like if he doesn't catch that touchdown, he has what? Two for 20. And then people are a little bit more panicked. So fine to play him. Um, I kind of hope we get news. Like I don't think anyone's going to fully trust Darren Waller for the rest of the season, but if we get word that he's going to be like boosted in the snap share, he's going to play a little bit more. I mean, let's be honest. If you've been stashing him, look at the state of the tight end position. Look at all these games with horrible weather. You know, if, if he's going to play 60% of the snaps, just play Darren Waller. Then for the Steelers, uh, there's not a whole lot to love. Uh, even though this is a, a great matchup, the Raiders don't have a great defense. Um, you know, Najee's fine as a low end running back too. You probably have to play him though. Uh, Deontay Pickens, fine in the flex. Pat Fryermuth, fine to stream. He's coming off zero points though. Like, no one stands out. If you've got to play these guys, understand that you're probably not hitting for a ceiling, but you know, they'll probably get you something, especially because, like I said, the matchup is really good. Um, none of them are like must starts, though. And I like hesitate in calling any of them strong starts because the Steelers' offense just isn't that good. Christmas Day games kick off one o'clock. Uh, Packers at Dolphins, high 49.5 point total, highest total of the week. Dolphins, four and a half point home favorites. For the Packers, uh, this is a plus matchup for running backs, for tight ends, neutral for wide receivers. A.J. Dillon did clear the concussion protocol earlier this week. I have to imagine that means he's good to go. Uh, Aaron Jones, still the preferred option amongst their running backs because of his role in the passing game. But Dillon is still fine to use as like a, a low-end running back too if you need him. Um, also, I know Christian Watson had the dud game, but you know he's still a rookie wide receiver. There's still things that like he's working on with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Still has a massive role in the red zone a downfield role, like if you've got him, just play him. He's one of those very high upside players. Outside of that, kind of tough to trust Packers players. No one's that appealing. Aaron Rodgers himself is like fine to stream. Uh, but remember, he's got zero games this season, over 300 passing yards, one game over 260 passing yards. So not that high of a ceiling. Like even if he has his second best game of the year, it goes to like 270 and three. Yeah, it's a good game. But like if that's his ceiling, it's not like, that amazing, right? He's okay to stream. Then for the Dolphins, Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, all weekly must starts. Mostert, that depends on the status of Jeff Wilson. Um, it seems like to me right now, Wilson is going to play this week. So that sort of takes the appeal off of both of them. Uh, Green Bay is a really good matchup for running backs though. So if you desperately need to start one of them, I think you're fine doing that. I think they're going to be relatively productive. Um, my lean would be if you don't have to, though, this isn't the tiebreaker. I think either of these win it. I would lean towards benching them. 430 game. Going to be a disgusting matchup between the Broncos and the Rams. Uh, most of the games this week have a really low total. Again, it's because of weather. This game's going to be played in the upper 70s with no rain and no wind and still has a 36.5 point total. Broncos two and a half point road favorites. That should give you a good indication of how many players you should be starting in this game. It's not many. For the Broncos, Judy, strong start. Latavius Murray on the fringes. Um, 
went off last week, you know, 142 yards, scored a touchdown, 25 touches. Just remember that he had two duds before that and that the Rams don't have, you know, as bad of a run defense as the Cardinals do. So play Judy. If you've got to play Latavius Murray, you can use him. I would probably bench everyone else. And then, like, you know, Dulcich, fine. But again, like, the the Rams are great at defending tight ends. He had a dud in the number one matchup last week. So, again, bench everyone else. Then for the Rams, um, I would avoid their passing attack and just focus on Cam Akers if you've got to play someone from this spot. He's actually looked a lot better recently. And I wouldn't be shocked if they just kind of rode him rest of season. It's just not Kyron Williams' time. So they're probably just going to give him, you know, 15 to 17 touches every week. All the goal line work. He's starting to mix in more in the receiving game. So, like, he's not a bad play. Could the Rams offense just completely fall apart at any point? Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of saw that saw that happen against the Packers. We saw it happen for most of the game against the Raiders. Like, they're just not a good offense. Uh, if you got to play anyone, though, Akers not a bad play. The night game is going to be Bucks at Cardinals. Uh, pretty low, 41-point total. Bucks six-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the Bucs, uh, this is a good matchup for the running backs, good matchup for the tight ends, bad one for the wide receivers. You're still playing Evans, still playing Godwin, though. Just don't expect them to go off. Um, Cardinals do pretty well at limiting wide receiver production. Also, even though um, the running backs have like a really good matchup, it's like, will the Bucs take advantage, right? I, neither of them right now grayed out inside the top 20. They're just both like in the 20s. I think the upper 20s actually for these running backs. Um, they're going to be splitting the workload. You don't know which one's going to score or if either are going to score. Uh, you're basically just praying that they each have like four to five receptions because they're not going to be overly efficient on the ground, even in a good matchup. So White, Fournette, if you've got to play them, it's totally fine to do so. Um, if you can bench them, though, that's probably preferred. Then, like I said, smash bot for the tight ends. But like, who's going to take advantage of that? Are you really playing KDOT and you're playing like these backup guys? No, I don't think you can play anyone. Um, also gauge went off last week. If Julio's out again this week, which I don't know, I think he's going to be, but we'll see. Um, gauge is not the worst play in the world. He's not going to grade out that well. You probably don't have to play him in like 10 or 12 team leagues, but if you've got no one else and you're like, I need another play, you know, he had a really good game last week. He was recruited by Brady. He's finally healthy. Maybe he has another good game this week. Uh, could certainly go out there and have like one for 10, but if you have to find someone, Fine play. And then Brady, perfectly fine play this week. Uh, he actually grades out really well. It's one of the like not terrible weather spots. Um, he, he's just a good play. Like He's going to throw the ball a billion times, and they're not going to get up huge and run the ball every play, so he's just a perfectly fine play. Then for the Cardinals, uh, stick to the core. Uh, always play James Conner. Always play DeAndre Hopkins. Marquise Brown, high upside option in the flex. Probably not going to hit. He hasn't been hitting. But he could, and so I would still prefer to use him in the flex over most other players. Then finally, we've got the Monday night game, Chargers at Colts, 46.5 point total, Chargers 4 point road favorites. Um, this game is in a dome as well, so no weather concerns. For the Chargers, all of Herbert, Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, all must starts. Uh, Gerald Everett, I would say, is fine to use a tight end. Uh, his role is going to be reduced, obviously, with... Keenan Allen back with Eckler still there with Mike Williams back uh, with Palmer still there. Like just, there's just less opportunity, right? There's not going to feature him as much. So if you have to play him, you can, uh, you don't necessarily need to though. I think he's my tight end 11 right now. Uh, fine to be benched, but 
you know, it's like it's like all the studs. Just just play the studs in the spot, even though it's not a great spot. Then for the Colts, um, they're basically your only options are Pittman, Moss, and Deion Jackson. Uh, just before recording this, heard that Matt Ryan got benched for Nick Foles. I mean, I don't really know what the impact is going to be in terms of like their passing attack, but it's like it doesn't matter all that much. Um, you're probably on a 16 game. 32 like team slate do you really have to go to Paris Campbell or Alec Pierce probably not unless you're a 16 team league so it really only impacts um, Pittman and it's like he's a fine play right he's a low-end wide receiver too Uh, if you've been rolling with him just keep rolling with him not as good of a spot as it was with the Vikings but you know I don't think it's a bad enough spot or that Foles is a bad enough quarterback that you just can't play Pittman, right? If you've been using him, just keep using him. It really comes down to Moss and Jackson. And I don't think they're that great of plays, to be completely honest. Not only does Matt Ryan dump to running backs more than most quarterbacks, but they're probably going to activate Wilkins this week. And so we're going to have a three running back committee on a team that's probably going to fall behind. Uh, We saw a huge workload for Zach Moss last week, but they were up by 30. Like that's not going to happen this week. So I know that the Chargers give up a lot of production to running backs, but honestly, like if you've been okay with the production your current running backs have been doing, I don't see a reason to switch to one of the Colts running backs, especially if they activate Wilkins. We won't know that in time for the game, but the odds are they will. They're not going to go in with two running backs. So I don't love it. Um, honestly, the lean is probably Dion over Moss. We saw Moss get way more work last week, but... If they're trailing, it's more likely that Deion Jackson has that passing game role, gets a few more targets. But again, I I don't think either of them are all that great of plays. And so if you like your other options, you're fine with them. Just stick with what you have. So those are my thoughts on every game this week. I will keep updating the rankings depending on the different news and updates to weather situations throughout the week. So if anything happens I did not go over today, just refer to the rankings or the detailed projections on the site. I'll be back Saturday to go over my favorite plays this week. But then, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, have a hit the like button. Have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.